Hello, welcome to this series of interviews that I hope will make a brilliant addition to Six Impossible Things. It's very important to me that we hear from creatives from all backgrounds, so I'm fortunate to connect with people who have chosen creative careers. We will talk with crafters, visual artists, both emerging and established, art teachers, and with people who are just venturing into a new creative hobby. Everyone deserves to have their voices heard. So join me in appreciating and supporting all their efforts equally and with kindness. We have a real treat coming to us all the way from Rimini in Italy. Today's artist is an origami enthusiast. She uses Japanese paper to create jewelry and wonderful portraits of people and pets. She folds and manipulates paper with enormous dexterity, and in the process, she creates some delightful and unforgettable keepsakes. Let's follow her into a new and unknown part of Wonderland where paper is more powerful and certainly friendlier than the Queen of Hearts. Today we have an artist um, from Italy, a origami artist. So this is going to be an education for me. Um, I'm going to say hello, and she's going to introduce herself to all of us. So hello, Georgia. Did I say your name correctly? Yes, you did. Georgia. I, yes. You were very nice. I did not say it right, and I should have asked. <laughs> okay. I kind of gave it an English slant, but... Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you live, you know, what you do for yes. a living, if there's anything that you want to share with us, and um, show us how to pronounce your full name properly. <laughs> <laughs> My full name is Giorgia Migliarini. That's difficult. <laughs> kind of crazy for, for, uh, for the enti entire world, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so glad to meet you, Matt Collage. It's a very pleasure to be your guest today. So thank you for having invited me. Thank you. And um, I'm going to introduce myself very briefly. I'm Georgia. I'm 37 years old and I live in Rimini, Italy, northeast of the peninsula. It's about 200 kilometers south of Venice on the coast, just to give you a reference. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this area, but it's quite famous here because of its hospitality, good food, uh, ancient Roman and Renaissance artistic repertoire, and um, especially a lot of fun. So <laughs> it's a place where you come to spend not a quite relaxing holiday. Um, it's maybe more indicated for always want to be in some kind of happy hour time all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. I, I'm yeah. sorry. I want happy hour all the time. <laughs> <laughs> So you, you should join us. So I, I grew up in Rimini and then um, I went to Milan where I lived for almost nine years, where I graduated in interior design at the Politecnico di Milano and where I had some job experiences. But to be honest, that period of time, it was hard time to look for a job in Italy for mm. a young woman 
women with um, zero background. Mm. So I went from one stage to another until I kind of gave up. Um, and as you can imagine, all this was very frustrating to me. So I went away from Milan and came back home. Um, I've always considered myself a kind of outsider. So I'm used to feeling different uh, mm -hmm. since I was very young, in a good way, I mean. Mm -hmm. um, even before the university period and the struggling for finding a job. Mm -hmm. um, to give you an example, in Milan, I used to live in a huge loft, not the ones very cool, with very little money, working at night. Thanks to the work and ideas of some architecture students I met at the time and mm. I lived with during those times. Who, by the way, are now very successful people around the Europe, except me, who became an origami <laughs> enthusiast. But it's okay, I'm, I'm fine, by the way. I think you're too modest. No, 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 I'm, I'm not. It's, it's the truth, but I can face the truth easily. <laughs> um, so after tons of unsatisfying working situations, really, I, I've never been in condition to find a job of my dream which was actually to design public space. It was my mm -hmm. dream. I can retire from the scene, you know, mm -hmm. and um, I started to explore origami art and other folding techniques. At the beginning, it was just for fun. Um, and then I realized that I had a great curiosity toward these things. And so I became passionate. And um, so here, here we are. <laughs> Mm, that that's an amazing story and and you oh. you you told it so well oh thank you thank it's you. true because i got immediately i got a, a very clear picture of the trajectory so milan was a rough patch there for you at, at the age where you were graduating from from college and yeah. I just uh, realized by the way when you said northeast of the peninsula that we are both from peninsulas I didn't yes. realize because <laughs> not a lot of people sometimes I, I I I make geographic you know references to it and I say the peninsula when in yeah. my case I'm talking about Spain obviously but I talk about the peninsula and people go what <laughs> <laughs> oh no forget it Spain okay so we, we have the same vocabulary yeah, yeah, that's true. It's it's just the way we refer to to the country, the peninsula. You know, the peninsula. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's um, a, an, an important feature. It is an important feature. It's a unique feature too. So, um, so that's that's really interesting how your um, origami practice grew from you know being curious about it, approaching it kind of like a hobby, perhaps originally. And yes. then it grew into something a lot bigger. Perhaps you were not expecting that. Mm -mm -mm. Yes, that's true. Uh, because the more I went through this thing, the more curiosity grew in me. Um, so the next step was to choose a name to, to create my little handcraft brand. Mm. Um, and I started to create the first, uh, from the very beginning, the first embryonic paper jewelry. Uh, and also illustrations to, with very simple origami models to decorate children's room. And um, after that, I came with more sophisticated origami models. 
so I started showing all these creations of mine and, and selling them in handmade markets uh, all over the country. Mm. So, so you got really good feedback from your work. So that was very encouraging, I imagine. Yes, it was, uh, it was precisely like that um, in a small way, of course. But um, so re- referring to, to paper jewelry creations, for example, um, basically I choose an existing model with its own shape and features and I make it with a special paper I select and um, in the correct dimension, referring to the purpose uh, I deal with. Um, not without preliminary attempts or failure, of course. Of course. That yes, always but... goes with the territory when you're talking about art. Aren't you? I think it's inevitable. Yes, yes. You have to try many times. Um, in the past, they, concerning the paper jewelry, um, there would be essential shapes, geometrical maybe. But now I prefer making earrings folding tiny traditional origami animals so they mm. become pendants to be attached to hoop earrings mm-hmm. uh, and these are now one of my main products mm. and uh, it's very interesting that you mentioned the uh, the little origami animals and the designs that you that you're using now for your jewelry um, and of course we have to explain that you make jewelry you make some other types of origami as well you mentioned that you make uh, some absolutely delightful portraits that I think we should talk about later because they're very unique. I really like them. Um, And and you make some other things. You make, uh, uh, like you said, decorations for children's rooms and and other other things. Um, Was there, do you remember, this is just an aside, but do you remember when you first started, what was the design that really in the beginning made you feel like, yeah, I can do this. This is, this is satisfying. This, this feels good. I can do this. This is a successful origami piece. Do you remember what it was? I guess uh, one of the first ones, origami I fold, uh, it was uh, a parrot. Mm. But actually, I've never done any kind of earrings with that shape. So. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yes. Uh, I changed my mind or uh, I was focused on geometrical shapes at the beginning. So very easy triangular or um, round or uh, rectangular shapes. Mm -hmm. So uh, at the very beginning, it was just like that. Very simple, minimal shapes. Mm -hmm. Um, It was after that I I started to, to make earrings using more complex uh, models even if are always very simple because uh, uh, if I use if you use a, a very um, small piece of paper you can put on it so many steps mm. you, you can't mm-hmm. uh, with those kind of dimensions mm, yeah and uh, perhaps before because we're taking it for granted that everybody knows what origami is I know what origami is. Of course, you're the master of origami here. Um, but perhaps somebody who's listening is not familiar with the concept. Can you tell us a little bit about what origami is, what it means, and you know, what is it that you do, actually? Yes. Um, I can start t- 
telling you um, the etymology of the word. So origami mm-hmm. is, is a Japanese word um, made by two words, two different words. Ori, that means um, fold. Mm-hmm. And uh, kami, who becomes gami, mm-hmm. uh, which means um, paper. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you are looking for some kind of origami paper, you definitely um, go for kami paper. So folding paper, um, starting from uh, normally uh, a square piece of paper for the purest is that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and with no scissors, with no cuts and with no glue, just following a sequence of um, steps, geometrical uh, steps, uh, you can uh, do uh, a magic. What, what is magic to me? Mm. And so create every kind of uh, animals, insects, uh, or even small things, uh, real life things, and of course, uh, people. <laughs> of course. Uh, just fold in the paper. So it's like uh, give a substance to something it has no substance it's so bi-dimensional uh, a sheet of paper mm. so that's what I um, really love about origami this, mm-hmm. because it, it's kind of magic and I understand that origami actually even though it's quintessentially Japanese as we understand it today origami originated in China is that correct? origami um, the, the more traditional origami came from Japan Mm-hmm. But of course, because of um, the material, the paper was created in China. That's mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. But um, origami art became from Japan. I see. Then uh, yes, uh, then he went all over the world, doing kind of strange tour, um, passing also from Arabic lands and Spain, and mm-hmm. coming to Europe, and then. Uh, he came back to Japan. So mm. um, they discovered something, they invented something very special. Um, but the origami, uh, as we know today, is more um, recent. Mm. I don't know if I... Yeah, no, 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 I understand that very well. And it's interesting that there are different versions around the world that I did, you know, it travels. It travels well, yes. origami, it turns out. Absolutely, absolutely. I guess that it's that's the magic of paper because one of the questions, which is, you know, it's more of an abstract questions, but a question. But I was thinking, is there something that paper can't do? I don't think so. I think paper can do a lot. <laughs> it can do everything almost. You know, it, it's uh, yes, I, it's I an amazing, amazing invention. I have to say. Yeah, um, that's correct. Yeah, I I love paper. Of course, I use it very differently from what you do. And I wish I knew more about origami. Um, The only thing that I know how to make and I have to look at a pattern or else I get lost. I I don't make them all the time. Are the little piece cranes. Um, I used to make them. Classical ones. Yeah, years ago. And sometimes they come out a little funky, I have to say. But then I love them anyway because they look funny and and they're cute. But... um, uh, that's all I can handle. I, I have not progressed from the 
from the crane, I have to say. You've got time. I've <laughs> got time. You know, it seems to me when I look at the work and then I listen to your explanations that there are certain things that you need to exercise or perhaps you already need to have in you to be a good origami maker. You have to be very exact. You have to have patience. You have to like geometry. Perhaps you, li- you have to like math because it seems to me that yes. that has a lot to do with it, right? Yes, yes, it, that's 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 true. But you can um, exercise that. Uh, you you n- never uh, anyone can burn like that. You can uh, easily exercise that, and um, starting from the more easy things, and you starting to you start to recognize uh, a kind of pattern uh, because there are. Um, different kind of pleats mm. so uh, those pleats there are maybe i don't know 20 kind for example uh referring to how to put it together you can have different results oh, of course there are some kind of things that you can repeat and uh recompose okay mm-hmm. i see but that's that's fascinating i never thought of that you know, perhaps you start the same way with the same folds and then it just transforms into something else. Yes, absolutely. It's that way. That's uh, very magical in itself because you kind of like, you know, you never know which way, in which direction the project is going to go. I mean, you have, yes. of course, you have an idea of what you want to end up with. Yeah, but, but um, to, cre- to create uh, uh, something like that, you have to be a real genius. I am not that kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> so I just follow the instructions. <laughs> No, that's the, that, that's amazing. I mean, the whole uh, concept of origami and the practice itself of origami. And there's, there's a little element of meditation in it as well. Uh, yes, you have to be focused. And uh, folding origami, you learn also that um, um, good things come uh, not without any uh, effort. So you have to uh, fight for that, for the good things, you know. Uh-huh. And I guess it's uh, a huge and precious uh, learning, especially for for childrens, but also for adult people. That's that's a, an amazing thing to um, point out, I think, and very well put. Because um, and I did read actually that origami was used in uh, some schools as a as a teaching tool. For children um so i guess you know it's not just about folding paper really it's a, it's a lot more than that i i appreciate i appreciate so much teachers who used origami as learning hate uh because um you can develop uh both mental and, and physical skills and uh, at the same time uh, you help your students to visualize uh, geometrical uh, abstract concepts. So and it blends recreation and education beautifully. It's both things. Yes, exactly. You, you teach workshops and classes sometimes? Uh, of course I do. <laughs> In school and also preschool. And um, or, for example, like I'm doing these days uh, in a summer camp with children from 6 to 11 
and that's beautiful <laughs> and uh, I do also uh, what I call origami therapy for the hospital of my city so I work for uh, an association of volunteers um, for which I work for and um, so uh, two times a week I try to go there and in the pediatric surgery unit and uh, I go in the room, I say hello, I introduce myself and I ask for them if they, of course, can stand up from the bed to, to come and see uh, what I propose to them and spend some time together uh, doing something very new for the most part of the children. Mm-hmm. Because in Italy, origami is not so popular, I have to say. And um, so they have the occasion to learn something new and at the same time, maybe uh, share the experience with other patients and Mm. with other children. And I think it's a a very good way to go a little bit outside mentally uh, from the environment, from the hospital environment, that it's not easy. Uh, Also for the family, for the parents, uh, they are with them and doing origami with the children in the pediatric units yeah. that you see them. I mean, you see the reactions, obviously, and it must be lovely to be there. And it must be beautiful. But you must yeah. also get some feedback from the parents. What, what kind of things do they tell you? Um, they're grateful because parents uh, at a certain point, uh, point uh, have no more ideas to mm. <laughs> involve their children and yeah. you know, not to be bored and and doing something, you know, good for them. Yes. Um, not just watching television or playing with, you know, virtual games that it's yes. beautiful too, but uh, life it's also other things. And manual things are the power to put your mind away from your problems. Um, so I would like to quote <laughs> something, but I don't know if I can. Um, of course you can. When it's a kind of phrase by a Japanese origami artist um, that says uh, when your hands are occupied your mind uh, is good stay health healthy and and well so I really I truly believe in that uh, thing I agree absolutely and completely and I repeat again that paper is a magical yeah. A magical thing, I have to also say. Also because it's not expensive. You don't, uh, you know, produce uh, something difficult to to care. You 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 leave table clean. <laughs> you don't uh, need to, you know, water or uh, it's easy to to use in 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 that context and origami in this case it just engages the imagination and the hands so I hand coordination I imagine of course and yeah. uh, it's playing so I mean what's not to like really yes yes it's a it's a precious thing I've tried to say before uh, in Italy it, origami it's um, almost considered some kind of children uh, activities and that's good it's okay <laughs> But um, origami is also an art form. So of in course. my country, um, they don't see that way, origami. So it's kind of my big problem. <laughs> I <laughs> because, see. Yeah. 
so uh, I consider myself a kind of pioneer of of this kind of stuff um, because I al- always try to uh, explain <laughs> to children and also to adults uh, that it's more than this, uh, very more than this. And that's why I, I started to to keep um, a blog. Um, unfortunately, it's just in, in, in Italian, but uh, I, I, I really needed to uh, to write about all these ancient and also modern history and um, and wonder <laughs> related to origami art. I think uh, I think it's very much a practice that adults can benefit from for sure and have a lot of fun with as well because people of of course you know there's that aspect of uh, like we say playing but not playing in the sense of just children playing but adult you know play as well you know using your hands and being disconnected from technology and all that um, I think that uh, adults can benefit probably just as much as children from making origami. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's unfortunate that it's not better understood, I suppose, because it's a matter of education, right? I mean, once people are educated and they understand its value, then probably their, their, um, attitude changes. Um, but if it's not very well known, that's, that's the, uh, obstacle. For, are there any... For what I know, yeah. um, if I can make it just a, a little, um, overview <laughs> Worldwide overview of yes, of course. How uh, origami um, are uh, perceived? Uh, I know in the US and UK it's completely different from Italy um, due to the fact that there's a lot of literature on the subject, mm. exhibitions as well, and uh, world famous authors. Uh, so origami earned the title they deserve. Uh, mm-hmm. They are also well known in South America and in Hispanic culture in general. Uh, also, Germany and France are kind of friends of origami, <laughs> so mm-hmm. we made something um, here. Uh, on the country in Asia and, and especially in Japan, a country that I know better than Asia in general, origami is something super traditional, uh, a bit old, um, but anyway. There are many artists that part of the world, and amateurs, of course, from the very young age, generally in the total Asia land, uh, they're very good. Um, we all can imagine that they, they are in their veins, you know, uh, mm-hmm. because it's a huge part of, of their culture. So mm-hmm. I have to, to kind of try to empty that void i don't know if i said correctly you said it correctly yes okay i completely uh, understand it so that's a that's a, a very big job for one person i hope that i was going to ask you if there are some groups or maybe there are some collectives or in your area that maybe can help you shoulder that burden because it's a huge ask yeah. for one single person there are uh, an italian community but it's a uh, pretty uh, concern uh, to doing this job uh, inside um, teaching uh, fields. Mm-hmm. So um, I went to some of their um, lectures, you know, 
um, but um, there are also there are whole teachers. I try to do uh, a thing a little bit different. I see. Um, yeah, so it's because I created in my blog these five categories, um, and I thought a lot uh, about that, and I finally decided to uh, create these precisely five categories uh, to talk about folding. I use this word, folding. Mm-hmm. Uh, origami, it's a part of folding uh, art. Which doesn't only happen with paper. Of course, fabric, leather, other, other materials before, even before paper, right? Yes, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, this category, origami, uh, with this category, I talk about the history of origami, the techniques, the evolution of styles, of course, recommend books and authors. Um, the second category is art, mm-hmm. in, in which I talk about origami as an art form, mm-hmm. uh, telling about artists' works from all over the world. Uh, the third is fashion, uh, as you were saying, um, in which I talk about history of some folding techniques related to garment manufacturing factory, like, mm-hmm. for example, uh, Plissé. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fourth is design, in which I talk about how folding techniques have been used in some uh, industrial process. Uh, like I would like to mention um, this amazing product called Default Bottle. Uh, mm. It's a brand new portable and collapsible origami bottle invented last year uh, by two young Bulgarian designers. And that's mm. Um, I have to look that up. Yes, of course. And the fifth uh, and and last uh, category is science, because uh, folding techniques are used also to achieve uh, some high-tech tools and machines. One above all, I have to tell you, because it's so amazing, Um, one above all uh, are called space flower, and um, it's invented by a famous physician and origamist, uh, origamist uh, who called Robert Lang and mm. uh, NASA. So basically, it's a solar panel uh, made using uh, very antique folding structures called the Mura map. Mura was a Japanese astrophysicist and origamist, and um, it's used to optimize its surface, a solar surface, and increase its size as much as possible. Uh, when it is in zero gravity. So, you know, what I'm hearing and learning a lot, uh, what I'm hearing is that we have a very, very small, very restricted understanding, myself included, of what origami does or what origami really is. And it takes somebody special and somebody dedicated to find out and connect the dots among, you know, all these areas like you're doing. Which I think brings up to the surface um, not only the importance of origami and how it touches different uh, areas, science, art, uh, design, all kinds of different things, uh, and how it impacts our lives in general in ways that we're not even aware of for the yeah. most part. You know, that's, that's really fascinating. Um, you know, you gave me a few names here and there of people who work with origami or make use of origami 
in their practices, whether it's uh, scientific practice or artistic practice, it doesn't matter. Do you have any origami artists, people who have written or made origami that are particularly influential for you? Uh, there are many of origami artists and I love them all, uh, first of all. But um, I can give you two examples, one from the East and one from the West, referring to my geographical position. <laughs> um, to me, and not only to me, uh, the most important Japanese origami master so from the East has been Akira Yoshizawa who was the greatest and first one who, in the second half of the 20th century, took origami half from the pastime and brought it into the modern world. Mm. Um, because, uh, and in fact, we should all be grateful to this man because it was the one who invented all the symbols we still use to read origami instructions, the diagrams. Mm. Uh, it's an alphabet made up of arrows, lines, many other signs to, and words also, uh, but especially signs, um, to give clear instructions to everyone in the world. So it's a global language. Mm. And um, I always recommend these publications, uh, although are maybe a little bit old fashioned, because they are, by the way, more than well done and uh, all time masterpieces. And um, the second reference, uh, I would like to, to speak loud mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, about is she's a French woman who, by the way, go back and forth between Europe and Canada. So maybe you know her because she also spent time in Montreal. I guess she lived there mm-hmm. um, and has created some works in her city. Uh, maybe you've seen them. I hope so. She called Pauline Loctin. Uh, also known as Cloudy Heart, a.k.a. Hmm. Miss Cloudy. Miss Cloudy? Miss Cloudy. <laughs> I um, love that name. <laughs> yes. She's a folding specialist. Uh, she's also pretty young. Uh, but she doesn't limit herself to folding paper. She colors it, uh, maybe draws on it, glues it, so it's not a purist origamist. Um, sometimes crumples it and announces its texture, giving mm-hmm. real depth to the two-dimensional material, the paper. Mm-hmm. And uh, in particular, um, I mean, point out a work of her called Coral, set in Montreal. I don't think it's still uh, there, uh, but you can look at this, her Instagram page, of course, and, and, and find all of that. And, um, was a three-dimensional temporary paper installation, a tribute to marine life, very suggestive, very colorful, and so beautiful to me, uh, because she's kind of display artist. Mm. She creates backgrounds for photo shoots uh, and much more. And uh, I suggest you to check out our work. That sounds and, fascinating. Uh, I will I will check it out for sure. It's kind of a mixed media origami, because you said that she does much more than just... I mean, not just, that's not the right word, but she, no. she takes it further and besides folding, she glues yes. and cuts and, you know, rearranges and kind of manipulates the, the origami itself to create something bigger. 
Yeah, it's kind of like creating a, a larger organism. Yes, it's exactly. It's, a, it's the perfect word. So what I appreciate about origami artists is when they, except for super masters in the world and history, it's when they modernize, uh, update and create something super brand new and original and giving new life to, to something dated. And mm. I try to do the same in my own small way. I think it's a, a fantastic way of bringing people in, perhaps uh, uh, getting attention for, for the medium, because people that might not otherwise be interested in traditional origami might find this attractive, but then you bring them in and they can start learning about other things Yes, that have to do with origami. That, that's fantastic, and I will for sure look her up, and I wonder... Now I'm wondering, I'm, tr- I'm thinking back in my head, I'm, I have like a Rolodex of images. I'm thinking, did I see something like that? Did I see something like that? Did I ever see something like that when I was in Montreal? You know, I'm thinking about yeah, the things that, that I've seen because maybe I did see it and I'm not, I'm not sure. I will have yes, to look it up and I see if I recognize it. It was in a mall, some kind of cool mall. I don't know. I, I, I don't know anything about Montreal. I just dream about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I can ask so much, but of course, uh, Pauline Loctan can give you some further information about our works. Oh, I will for sure. That's uh, as soon as we're done with the conversation, I'm going into <laughs> that rabbit hole and looking at everything. You know, when you make origami, you were saying you need paper, you need your hands, you really don't need that many tools. I usually talk shop with uh, um, artists on the on the podcast about the tools that they use but in your case you use mostly paper of course and your hands so one of the things that we can talk about and I'm very happy we can do that is paper one of my favorite subjects of all time so (laughs) (laughs) you know you use um, Japanese paper for the most part when you work and uh, there are a lot of different kinds of Japanese paper but saying Japanese paper is like saying Earlier, you were mentioning kami. Kami means paper. So kami, kami, paper, paper. Um, You know, it's not saying very much to say Japanese paper. Can you tell us a little bit about what's your favorite type of paper? What paper is good for what? You know, depending on what you're planning on doing. Because I want to learn more. I know a little bit about Japanese paper, but I'm sure I'm talking to somebody who knows a lot more than I do. And I want to learn. Can you tell us about it? Yes, of course. I'm glad to. Um, my entire paper archive comes from Japan mm. and I went there and I, uh, full, uh, I grabbed all over I can, paper. <laughs> okay. uh, but I can do, I can go in Japan every, every single year. So I have to thank my precious Japanese sister, Saori, uh, who is a very close friend of mine. Um, she lives in Tokyo, and I never stop uh, say thank you to her for this precious service uh, she provides me because she buys and ships for me uh, to Italy from Japan every time I ask her for help. So maybe we have some phone call, and she uh, put uh, her camera and uh, try to help me to decide what kind of uh, package. Uh, I, I buy. Um, those are so very special papers. Um, 
which copy the patterns of kimonos and represent various natural elements, flowers, plants, animals, and uh, also elements of Japanese iconography. And we refer to those papers as washi paper, that mm. means Japanese paper. Um, and if as geometric patterns on it, uh, we call chiogami paper. And the ones with natural patterns, uh, we call yuzen paper. And that's the one similar, pretty similar to kimono uh, texture. So um, the most considerable thing about this paper is that you, you uh, will never know before you open it what you'll find inside the package. And they're always a bit different. And so it's always a big surprise. And I love that sense of discovery every time. Um, also, this kind of paper is not so thin. So it's not the better paper for the purpose of folding origami. Um, the one so perfect is the kami paper. Mm. The washi paper is the one most beautiful with super fantasies and patterns, but it's not so good to fold origami because it's not very thin. So uh, I've learned how to fold it even starting from small pieces, uh, but it's more correct to use this washi paper um, for uh, origami with just few steps. If mm. you would like to fold uh, medium and high intermediate and highest level of origami model, you should uh, buy kami paper. In. Because uh. Uh, an important feature um, when you are looking for a paper to, to fold origami is the fact that it should be dual color. To know every step uh, what, you're, what you're seeing. I see, I see. Okay. So that's for that reason. Is there, a, is there a particular color that you seem to be more attracted to? No, any particular color. I, uh, I use a, a, a very large range of tones. So I try to fulfill any taste and uh, I don't exclude anything. Uh, even sometimes people tell me uh, they can choose. <laughs> so I, I don't think if I'm doing the right thing, um, giving so huge choices. But uh, really, I, I can I can select um, I can exclude a, a, anything. Really, mm. I can't. <laughs> oh well, I, I we're talking about paper. I would be very hard pressed to exclude anything. As you yeah. had me at paper, you know, if it's paper, I cannot part with it. So um, there's a store in Montreal that I go to that carries just Japanese paper. That's this specialty and mm. um when i'm there i always make a trip up there to see if they have something new in inventory sometimes they do sometimes it's the same they have packets like the ones you describe or similar yes. at least sometimes they sell by the sheet or they're half a sheet you know they have a lot of different things it's actually a very small store but it has a good good amount of you know different papers and it's it's torture to choose is torture to choose, you know, because you always leave something behind that you say, ah, I should have bought that one, you know. Yes. <laughs> and you hope that it's there next time that that you're at the store. Um, because there, 
all are beautiful and all different and yes, amazing so- quality, amazing quality paper as well. You know? Yes, yes, so, yes, yes, yes. Um, very, very difficult to choose. Some, sometimes I, I used to, to frame the entire piece of paper too. Absolutely. I, I, I don't, <laughs> I, don't uh, I can't uh, cut it, so I can use it. <laughs> That's very interesting that you mentioned that because you know that by definition, I cut the paper and I have real trouble sometimes taking scissors to some of that paper. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, I, I bought it for that purpose, obviously, but I have, I have to find the specific use that it's really worth my, you know, my while that I'm going to cut this piece of paper and it better work because yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. painful to cut it. You know, it's so beautiful. That is true. Um, when you were talking about the uh, masters of, of uh, making collage and how you have, I mean, oh, I'm sorry, making collage, making origami no and how um, some people are just gifted in that sense and can create patterns from scratch and other, other people, you know, can follow through with patterns that are existing and with instructions. I was thinking, um i'm i'm terrible at following instructions i never read any instructions of any kind so that's one challenge that origami holds for me you know because i anything that comes with instructions i throw the instructions away and i figure it out (laughs) that's your fault (laughs) but i don't think i can do that with origami i don't think i would be able to do that because i would end up with just crumpled paper i think (laughs) but um one thing that I've seen that it's uh, that was very interesting on on your feed was the portraits that you make with origami, with uh, by just by folding, you make portraits of individuals, groups, couples. I've seen a few of actual uh, actually pets, animals, and they're absolutely delightful. They're lovely, and uh, you frame them, or I've seen some that are framed, and they look so. Amazing. And it's not just the ability to, you know, fold the paper and get the shapes right and all that. But the most interesting thing to me is that somehow you capture the personality or something about the person that inspired the portrait. How do you go about that? Okay, yes. Um, I'll try to to explain that briefly. Okay. Um, it's like drawing. It's like making freehand drawing. So I don't use instructions uh, for doing my origami portraits. Mm. Um, of course, I, I need some kind of photograph references um, to get the information and to see what kind of people I have to, to describe with my uh, technique. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people um, give me uh, photos, tell me maybe what kind of outfit uh, they would like to uh, to wear, and um, and then I I start to uh, just by using pleats uh, shape them. Mm-hmm. And I used to to refer to to pleats like lines that you cannot erase oh. so lines are forever like mm-hmm. diamonds because you, <laughs> uh, because you because you cannot come back and you 
we'll always see if uh, see it if you've impressed some on a piece of paper. Uh-huh. So you should think twice before fold anything, uh, if you want to be sure you're you're doing well. Um, so right now I, I mostly make portraits of living people, real people, uh, by using folds and paper. Uh, but they could also be uh, people uh, from, you know, movie or TV shows. Uh, I can portray celebrities, um, musicians, uh, from Michael Jordan to Michael Jackson, to give you an example. Oh, yeah, so, I saw it. That was so amazing. That was so yeah. And I, I didn't need to see a photograph of Michael Jackson next to that. <laughs> I could tell who he was. It was gorgeous. It was great. Thank you. So Oli could be iconic, and of course, on commission, I do whatever they ask me. Um, so yes, that's what I do, because uh, I really love um, art in all these forms. So I, I really love the word art. Uh, in particular, I love visual art. So mm-hmm. I'm very fond of cinema, illustrators, comic authors. Uh, manga, anime from Japan, of course. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big fan of all this stuff. Uh, I'm kind of nerd, and I like celebrating them so much with my artworks. So that's what pushed me every single day doing that. Uh, my real pure love for all kinds of art. Mm. Are you familiar with Studio Ghibli then? Yes, of course. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Did you make one based on a Studio Ghibli uh, um, character? Not yet, but it's on my list. Um, I have I have a very long list uh, of subjects I have to portray, so I have a lot to do. <laughs> you know, what is the, the, the main takeaway? I always ask, you know, in your opinion and with your experience, and of course, you, you've shown that you are, you know, very invested in, in your practice and that you know a lot about origami. Uh, so a takeaway, uh, uh, a suggestion, uh, you know, something that you would tell somebody that perhaps this is the first time they hear about origami or maybe like myself only knew how to, you know, fold paper cranes. <laughs> What would you tell them uh, that you want them to know more than anything else? Um, of course, I, I recommend doing origami in your spare time at any age for the reason we've talking about. And um, or even in a more serious way, because it's funny, because give you the opportunity to use both your brand sides at the same time. Mm-hmm. And um, because it's satisfying and healthy uh, for your mind and body. Mm. Um, so you can really have um, a huge amount of instructions, open source instructions uh, in the World Wide Web. So uh, I suggest to learn how to read the diagrams because it's... Um, easier if you mm. do that. because mm. follow a, a video tutorial could be frustrating and complex you have to pose you have to rewind and so you you know waste time that's true so yeah. it's far way better if you uh buy the good book and, and and try to really understand what you're doing 
And I have a follow-up because I was thinking earlier when you mentioned about that, um, the symbols that you use to, you know, understand the folds and to refer to the different kinds of folds and everything. And I think that inventing that kind of language is in itself an achievement. That was amazing. More than 10,000 origami models. That's incredible. That is incredible. Yes, over more than this. Well, he is the epitome of dedication and and talent, obviously. Um, So you mentioned that, and I agree with you, actually, that uh, sometimes looking at videos, and I've tried myself, gets a little bit complicated because they get ahead ahead of you and you fall behind and then you get all like flustered and you rewind and stop and it gets kind of funky. Do you have any any books for beginners that you would recommend, perhaps? Uh, not books, even if, uh, um, I guess, Origami Design Secrets, it could be a huge book because, in fact, it was a huge book. <laughs> many pages, <laughs> so many pages. Um, but it's very complete. So uh, you can start from that even if you're not so expert and even if you are a beginner because it's uh, all more well done than any other book um, burn for, for beginners because mm. sometimes those books are bad uh, even if they say to you that you can do it because you're a beginner but they're not well done. I see. So, that's complicated for that reason because the diagrams, instructions, maybe the photos, when you see photos, you don't buy that book uh, because photos, it's even more confusing. Uh, so it's better a video tutorial uh, than a book with photos. So mm. if you find a book with diagrams, uh, it's good. It's long way better. Mm. I think that's, that's very, I think that's very yeah. helpful. Yeah. I can I can um, just right now recall for um, well done YouTube uh, channel mm-hmm. uh, paper kawaii yes so she's Japanese and she do she does a, a she makes a very uh, well done um, video tutorial oh that's um, a wonderful suggestion that's really good yes okay. about about the book uh, i always recommend uh, a book by akira yoshizawa even if uh I've, as i have already said it's a little bit old-fashioned but they're super well done oh that's old-fashioned is good sometimes and yes. we're talking about a practice that comes from way way back so i mean yes there's a place for everything right you have to learn the basics and you have to get your technique down and then there's uh room for experimentation later on i suppose yes usually um if it's a good book um the first part is to explain um the guidelines the principle uh pleads and uh so you can start from that Mm, that's a good place to start very good suggestions all of them so you were saying that you have a long list of, um, of projects and ideas that you would like to work through. Is there one that's coming up next? Some, you know, one in particular that you pick to be your next, next project? Um, what about creations? Um, I um, already done a lot of portraits 
that I didn't show yet. Oh. So, uh, you should wait uh, to see them on my Instagram page. I will wait impatiently, <laughs> impatiently to see them. <laughs> I will the moment, wait impatiently. Because of the summertime, I'm uh, focused on uh, paper jewelry, you know, because it's some kind of use during the summer. Yes, of course. Uh, more. Uh, yes, but of course, uh, as I've said, uh, I'm pretty nerd. So um, Spielberg's movies, 90s uh, anime from Japan mm. that I love too much. Uh, so they're coming soon. They're coming soon. It's yes. like you will <laughs> drop them when you drop them, like the Studio Ghibli <laughs> movie. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's the same thing. You just have to be expecting and then <laughs> it will happen at some point. But no spoilers. During... <laughs> no, no spoilers. Um, because during the summer, I'm, I'm currently teaching in an art-oriented summer camp for, mm-hmm. for children. And so um, waiting for, for the end of the summer when I will restart exhibiting at fairs, uh, during the fall and the mm-hmm. Christmas time. Mm-hmm. So I would be around in Torino, Milano, Roma, Bologna. Um, but for now, I, I'm doing more teaching things. Mm. And then it'll come the time to be a little bit busier yeah. with yes. personal projects and everything. I understand, yes. My, so, my daily life is never the same. <laughs> but, uh, you know, to be self-propelled and have your own business or, you know, be... Um, self-manager yeah yeah your own manager and your own yeah it's difficult a lot of people don't don't jive with that at all um it's not easy it's not for everyone that's for sure so it comes with with its own set of difficulties and you have to have some some skills to to be able to do that yes of course i guess i I do that skills Um, yeah to be organized and exactly uh, yes so yeah. my schedule, it's, it's never the, the same. Of course, it depends on what I need to do. Um, but in general, I spend time alone in my studio making things, preparing orders. And um, so, as I've said, I'm in a complete self-management, uh, mm-hmm. which works perfectly on me. Uh, even sometimes people could think you do nothing because I don't have regular job schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, how wrong truly, they are. They're very how wrong. wrong. They are. <laughs> I truly believe I, I've got a rather high quality of life, even though my income is never the same. And so um, sometimes it could be dangerous, uh, but I'm never bored. Uh, I always need to figure out something new. Uh, it's tiring at times, but also very challenging. And so in the end, I think it's a good thing. Uh, also, I'm almost never stressed <laughs> and the most important thing is that I can be available if anyone needs me needs my help mm. uh, you just need to know how to organize your time really it's, it's not easy but you can do it anytime I think I have a lot more to learn from you than just origami Ooh, because I'm you. always stressed <laughs> to, be, to be honest I'm a kind of I, I'm a kind of, of psycho because I'm very uh, for the order. So my house, my studio is super organized. I will do, I, I, I mess it up, but also I clean it up uh, hmm. with no uh, struggle. Uh, it's hmm. easy to me. It's yes, that's one of my skills. 
that's interesting. It just, uh, you know, it seems like personality sometimes determines the uh, activity that you pick. You know, it kind of either supplements something that's lacking in your personality or it enhances something that's already there in your personality. And in your case, you're already an organized person. You're, you know, precise. I mean, it seems like making precise folds because I, I really like something that you said earlier. Think twice before you fold. I think I'm going to use that phrase. Think twice before you fold, please. Because <laughs> uh, it's very good, just in general, for life, not just for origami. Think twice yes, before you if, fold. If you, are, if you are organized and you put things in order, it's easy. It's easier to clean, uh, to settle up. So you, you, you're never really tired because it's uh, quick. You, you do it quickly. And it's part uh, of what you love. I mean, it's just part of what you need to do to do what you love. So, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it, it comes with the territory. You just have to clean up and rearrange and then just start over. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's really interesting, actually. And um, I, I'm, we kind of got to the end of, of the time that we have together, but uh, yes. it was a wonderful, wonderful, great conversation. The interesting thing is that this conversation was about a practice that, you know, I only know tangentially. I know more about the paper than I know about the, the folding part and the origami part itself, obviously, because I work with paper. But what I do hope is that it inspires some of our listeners to give it a try, because I think you explained very, very well. And uh, really, it couldn't be easier to get started. You gave us some fabulous tips and ideas. And the only thing that I'm going to say is that if anybody needs more information, I'm going to add links and resources to the notes for this episode. So thank you so much for joining us today. Happy folding. And I'll see you next Tuesday in a different corner of Wonderland. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Six Impossible Things. I hope you enjoyed it. Please join me again next week. Subscribe on your favorite app so you don't miss any episodes. And visit madcollage.com for original artwork, exclusive prints, and monthly offers. For extra goodies, please visit my Redbubble store and select your favorite merchandise. You can also help make Six Impossible Things possible with a small contribution so that I can enjoy a lovely cup of tea while I write and edit this content. Have a peaceful and creative week. Take care.